1: welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters and we're here to talk about it.
0: Uh, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Big Witch Energy. Today Brie and I are joined with a super special amazing guest that we are so so excited to talk to today the one, the only, Catherine Law-Hagwis. Hello, Catherine. Hello.
2: Fiora and Brie so- and hiding in the back, Caitlin, because
0: I am not going to forget you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> we call out Caitlin all the time, so thank you. Yes. <laughs> thank it's you It's so absolutely much for necessary. Us. Yes. Uh, yes, we absolutely adore Petra. She is one of our favorite characters on the show, and just thank you so much for just, making her who she is, she's so iconic and wonderful and just, uh, we love her so much.
1: And complicated and layered. That's like the the um, biggest thing.
2: It's such a gift in the writing because it would be really easy to make her very um, static and and one note. um, And they've just given her so many layers and complicated
1: scenarios to contend with that it's been such a joy um number one how much of petra's story arc did you know when you were first cast
2: almost none wow none 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 like i knew i was the mother or petra was the mother of of abigail and that they were being conscripted but in terms of what unfolded even through season one much less season two and three uh, it wasn't really shared with me till till we had shot season one. And then I was given sort of a sense of where things were going for two and three and was delighted and thrilled and excited. And yeah, but I didn't know going in.
1: Oh, wow.
2: That's what that even... must be like
1: to work with.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> it, it was, I mean, I'm a naturally curious person. So wanting to know is part of how I'm made up, but it also just made it um fun to explore the work from that place like why is she doing this what is going on and before we started season two um I was able to have a zoom meeting with all the writers about sort of what was happening for each episode and what their plans were and that was really awesome and then and then just season three we kind of knew where we were headed a little bit but we didn't know how it was going to resolve because we knew it was third and final so in some ways um I had a couple of meetings with producers sort of along the way saying sort of here's what the overall arc is and here's what may change and might be different and might work out this way. So it was really neat to sort of not have all the answers sort of going in and and get to be delighted by sort of where things were developing, even though you sort of had a general shape to work towards. So it was really fun.
0: That's so fun. It's like you kind of get to create Petra like as it goes on, which is actually pretty exciting. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. but I see what you, I see what you mean. Like she, she is like, from the descriptor you had at the beginning, like it it could have been so one dimensional, but she just evolved and became this fully fleshed person and just so fascinating as a character. So that's amazing. Thank you. I love that your choice of words too, because it, it evolved as she
2: had to tackle different things. And so her starting point, it wasn't just that she changed for change sake. She had to respond to the circumstances that were given to her and had to manage and navigate and balance and to choose. And so it was really an evolution. And I think she also had to learn from Abigail because I think Abigail and Minerva led her yes. to a reframing of her own journey. So I think it's, uh, yeah, I like, I love that you said evolve.
0: Yes. Oh, and I love that you brought up the bellwether mother-daughter dynamic. Cause that transitions into our next question really nicely because huh. overall like bellwether mother-daughter co- uh, relationship seems very complicated, shall we say. And so we definitely get a glimpse into that with Petra and Abigail and, and Minerva too a little bit. I hope we see more of her. And so I, I'm kind of wondering, like, when Petra was kind of growing up, like, was her relationship with her mother similar to the way Petra and Abigail kind of are to each other? Or was it a little bit different? Did it shape I, Petra?
2: My, my work on it in terms of making choices for myself was that it, it was. And and I think that is part of sort of generational anything is that one generation sort of shows the next and then that either gets duplicated or advanced or rejected. And so I think, I think because Minerva is so clearly held in such high esteem yes. um, and is held there because of her living up to the previous bellwether legacies that had come before her, I think that's very much steeped in baked into the Petra cake as you'd put it. Um, And then I think I think that's also why it becomes so meaningful when Petra is faced with Minerva's support for Abigail's moving away from that because it would be so I mean it's all it's that way in almost any grandparent parent grandchild thing. It's like, wait a minute, where were you when I was a kid? Because what you're letting them do isn't, like, what is happening right now? Right?
1: It's so different. That's so so it's true. a generational That's relationship. What? Right? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you pointed that, I up. Love that That's so true.
2: That, so that it's not just a stoic, stilted thing, but that, that Minerva's evolution, so that she can support her granddaughter, has to have that play with what she did to Petra. So yeah, I love that it was
1: so, so... Fully realized and something. My is out here giving her Abigail ice cream for dinner and You right? <laughs> right. <laughs> she is. Petra. Letting her pick only one husband. What is that about? Yeah, what, what is that heck? about? <laughs> Nerva. Oh man. So uh, at the end of season two, Petra is somewhat adrift. She's committed a high crime in the eyes of the civilian government by helping our fugitives, including her daughter, escape. So where's her head when she gets back to Fort Salem after saying goodbye to that whole group at the bus?
2: I don't think Petra thinks that she has committed a high crime. I think Petra believes she needs to be allowed to do her due diligence to figure out how justice is best served. And so why, so I think that is still her guiding principle. I think her code is still intact. I also think she's having a really bad first day on the job. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you know, it's, that, it's that careful what you wish for, you might just get it kind of dynamic. And I also think she realizes a sense of balance and a sense of, of equilibrium that she brought to Alder that now Alder is not there to bring for her. And so I think she legitimately recognizes and appreciates what they were like as a sort of yin and yang force to keep each other in check and that everything kind of swirls out of balance when you're missing that countervailing force. So I think, I think the combination of trying to figure out what is going on to protect the witch army, the larger community, her daughter, and the world by extension, um, is, is a lot for her to contend with. And I think she just needs a minute, a hot minute, even if you will, <laughs> to, uh, to, to catch her breath and to get her feet under her in this new role. And I think that is also why her leadership style is very um, community. Like she wants to know from Anacostia, she wants to know from her other generals, she wants to weigh and consider Without it slowing down what needs to get addressed, but that to to utilize the resources she does have left,
0: yeah, Petra is definitely resourceful. that is definitely a phenomenal description from her, and her leadership style is it's very different from Alder, and I think that that will serve her very well going forward. Um, so I do love that about her.
1: And- I also think that the um <laughs> her being the intel like the head of intelligence probably aided in that as well as far as like she's had to be the one to come up with all of the actual intel or to source the intel so that's an that's a, a really good way yeah I really do like her her leadership style as opposed to Alder's who's always never had that like other experience
2: well I think I don't know that she never had it it's just that she's had three you know Alder had 200 plus years of it yeah, so, you right. know, you go through it once, <laughs> you know, this is all fairly new to Petra, whereas yeah. you know, there's a couple of go rounds that Alder would have had. Um, so I think that is, you know, no disrespect to Alder, but I think that's part of what, what her style was born out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that in terms of the Petra leadership style, you know, the Intel is one thing, but the but because the Intel is indicating that it's a whole bunch of new things, I think that the fact that she relies on Isadora, as much as she does as well, is also a credit to to her leadership style, because she she recognizes that not on on every subject, she may not be the smartest woman in the room. She will be the most strategic and tactical, but she can go to her experts for the things she needs. And I think that that's also something I really appreciate about
0: Petra. Yes, Isadora. Isadora gets the job done. So. Petra's smart to trust her, (laughs) right? All the jobs. Yes, all the jobs, all of them. (laughs) Um, So at the time of this recording we have only seen the very first episode of season three the second episode's airing like now-ish. So basically where we kind of left off there was like Petra's big first day on the job that we just talked about that was pretty hectic and then we had about a month for her to kind of like get into that role of finally being head of the army. So when we pick up a pick back up with Petra again, like how has she transitioned into that role in that like month?
2: Well, the singing rain definitely ratchets things up. A bit. Yeah. Okay. It's so going. I thought I had weather on my side. But no. <laughs> so it's still hectic. So it's, it's still hectic, right? Because you're still, because you can't, you, one, Petra, you know, all of these new things emerging still have to be placed in a column, friend or foe, (laughs) help Mm -hmm. or hindrance, (laughs) threat or or asset. And so it's, I think that's also just sort of trying to discern what all these new things that are are revealing themselves to her are is is also part of the challenge that she's facing while getting a, a read on what are the clear and present dangers that the Camarilla bring to bear and still trying to get a sense of, you know, she may have sent her daughter and company off with Nikta, but there's a whole bunch of other spree out there still.
0: Yes. So, you
2: know, that, that one is friendly <laughs> when there's a whole infrastructure that's been created to not be. It's, you know, y- 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 there's still a lot to assess and get get a handle on.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That was, uh, we were, I think at the end of season two, we were all kind of like, really? Should they're going with Nikta? Okay. <laughs> i hope it turns out okay fingers crossed
0: <laughs> hey bye love you see you <laughs> bye. don't murder okay <laughs> uh
1: that was always funny to me but um <clears throat> so the structure of the army seems to be breaking due to the camry's influence in high places uh, how do you think Petra would fare in a world without that structure?
2: Petra's army to the core. So I think, I think not only is it part of her worldview, I think it's part of who she is in terms of the values, the her character, her, her sense of right and wrong. Like, I think there's so much of, Army that is her, and vice versa, and that while that's getting expanded and reinterpreted and and stretched in favor of the new information she's getting about, you know, where Abigail is now, and the continuum of that, I think, I think she still needs it. I think she still really uh, values that legacy and that history and that structure.
1: Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah. Petra is the army, basically. Yeah. And well and, and I that. think that's where that that rift
2: in season 2 with Alder comes from. It's that that you know this is not how we do things. We have a code. Right. We have we you know we may disagree but we have to still respect the structure if not what the structure yields. And I think you know that's that's challenged for her as those who get a grasp on the structure may not use it to its highest purpose. So and I think you know I've, I've said it before, and I said again: like the, the levels of allegorical specificity that these three seasons have offered in terms of what's going on in our in our world itself cannot be missed. And yet, what's wild is when you reverse engineer how far in advance it would have been written, and then you know shot, and then produced that it lands with such timing and precision to what that moment around it is is still something that is nothing short of awe-inspiring to me in terms of how they've nailed it for three seasons.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, yeah, like literally everything you just said. It's The cultural relevance of the show is um, amazing. It's one of the best aspects of the show. I'm so glad you pointed that thank- out. It's beautiful. Thank-,
2: oh, thank you. And that's one of the reasons that we're so grateful that we got the heads up that it was going to be a third and final, because that means that it, we had the opportunity to have it written to a conclusion which means that it will live as a complete experience for people to find and discover and draw inspiration and education and, and, um, and enlightenment from. So, you know, so many previous things I've worked on, you know, you go off to hiatus and then it's like, Oh, okay. So we're not coming back. So we don't know how that ends. We, you know, and, and, and then people don't find it. Um, but in this sort of streaming world, it's, it makes me happy to know that it will it will stand up five years from now, ten years from now. People will see it and be able to see what they need to see and learn what they need to learn and extract from it what might be continue to be of service to the world as we sort of navigate these challenging times.
1: And they, we still haven't given up even because, I don't know if you saw the billboard trucks that ended up outside of Hulu headquarters. <laughs> Putting that together was an... As experience and it was like every fan group in the entire fandom came together and just
2: I don't know that you hear enough from us what it means to have you so embracing of our work and our efforts to bring you a good story that this is the, these are the links you will go to to, to have a stick around like it really it has touched us it has warmed our hearts it has made it easy to get up early to go to work because we just feel such love and community from the Switch, Switches and from, and from the motherland Fort Salem fandom, that it's, it can't be overstated how much it's meant to us. And, and that's been part of what's made it such a wonderful experience and why we've been so happy that if we have to end it, we get to, to give back a, a, a finish of it right. too, as opposed to just having it disappear and drift away. Like I'm, I'm really grateful for that we get to, to, to offer that back yeah
1: and in addition to that i think it's the dedication and the the love that you do feel from the fandom is also a reflection of you guys's work Mm. like cast and crew so yes thank thank you. you for that thank you
0: yeah of the season three premiere there's a very emotional reunion between abigail and petra and so we're curious what was that moment of just Finally be able to talk to Abby. what was that like for Petra to experience? Relief, um,
2: I think it's primarily that, also the sense of urgency to get the information that she'd given so that she is aware of things escalating in terms of what might be a threat or a potential threat or motivation for her to, to, to watch out. Um, just love joy seeing your child i was i was saying that um i've heard it described that motherhood is described as having your heart walk around outside of your body and i think that you know that was an image that really stuck out for me in terms of what it would be like to have have this threat chasing my child so um yeah i think i think relief is the biggest thing though that she would have felt once they finally made contact
0: yeah i'll bet it's I can't imagine and just I love that when like Abigail like disappears in the mirror like Petra just like kind of almost like lets it all hit her and like yeah it seemed like a big moment like relief is an apt descriptor
2: yeah I also think that just it's over like that
0: you anticipate
2: something you're so present and joyful in it and then when it's gone it's so ephemeral that it's like there's no way to get that back. There's no way to get her back. There's, you're just helpless, I think, is also part of that, that ending moment where it's like, there's nothing I can do to help her. There's nothing I can get to her. I don't know where she is. Don't know how she really is. I'm hoping that I've
0: taught her well. I'm hoping I've taught her everything she needs to know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's but gotta be I'm hard protecting. for Petra. She's so oh, in, in control so much, like to yeah. not have that be in her control must be very difficult
1: it was it could absolutely it it just hit you when you turn around and you see like that your face it's like i don't know it really it really had an impact so thank you of course um so a little kind of into the into the future but not like a hypothetically question how do you think petra would feel about uh abigail and adil starting like having a baby starting a family in the middle of like the great war i mean we've we've heard which is deployed about which is deploying pregnant but this is a whole new thing <laughs> well i think i think petra is
2: still coming to terms with the adil of it all in the first place I mean,
1: mm-hmm. nervous, yeah. so it oh,
2: yeah. doesn't mean like petra's completely <laughs> on board necessarily so there's that. <laughs> Um, but I also think, you know, in, in this moment where they're under threat, anyone who's on my, my daughter's side, I think I'm going to look at a little differently. So I think Petra, I think Petra appreciates that they are now a unit and that Mm -hmm. Dill is part of, of the survival of, of Abigail and, and that, and that therefore, she is part of his survival and what that means being a soldier as well. So um, I think she has to find, Petra has to find her peace with that, you know, her, her sense of hope that this is going to be a good thing for them, but also the sense of peace that it is what it is because circumstances have overtaken and soldiers are trained to deal with things, not as they would
1: like them to be, but as they are. Mm -hmm. Very, it's a very good point. Um, so what is she, like, what do you think Petra feels about the whole what what her said with the union of Earth and Sky? Because she's had a minute to sit with that.
2: And I think she's not 100% sure. Like, I mean, she obviously knows who the Tareem are in terms of Adil's family's legacy and, and work and obviously who the Bellwethers are. Um, but whether it's the the literal combination of them in terms of progeny, or if it's the combination of their work, or if it's the combination of work outside of them, um, you know, there's so many ways to interpret that. That I think, and because it is delivered as a riddle, which is often meant to lead you towards an outcome that may not necessarily be the correct one. Um, is i think she's wary i think she's not locked into any one interpretation and i think that's part of that conversation about what it could or couldn't be and i think they're in curiosity and investigation mode as opposed to settled clarity
1: because we kind of have a theory that it might be kalita instead of adil but (laughs) wow okay
0: it sounds like Petra needs more intelligence about this
1: before yes. she can make a decision.
0: <laughs> which is wise. This is where Kat is very conscious of how any reaction
2: can get misinterpreted as a spoiler. So I'm just like I'm just going Oh
1: to- we
0: would oh, never okay. <laughs> We're leaving it as a riddle. <laughs> oh, oh, it's wrapped
1: in an enigma, wrapped in episodes to come.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. exactly. It's all part of the
0: fun. We'll get there eventually. Absolutely. Um, so we'll segue away from that, where you <laughs> won't get you in trouble. And on a lighter note, so on our podcast we have this segment where we talk about like what characters do when they're off screen. And so I don't think we've ever talked about what Petra does off screen. And so th- does Petra like have free time? Like does she know what to do with free time? Like what would she even do? Like does she have leisurely kind of hobby off screen <laughs> moments? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Does she have hobbies?
2: I think I think Petra's into gardening. Yes. I totally see that. I think Petra, you know, likes, likes her forest walks. I think she likes her trees. I think she likes, you know, I think that's one of the things she shares with, with Isadora is an understanding of how plants work. And I think that's an, uh, I think that's an outflow of her understanding of weather because weather is directly related to what things grow. So that's my, you know, just, Picking up on where I've seen different motifs of where Petra is when she's thinking or what she's doing and and things she refers to, I I think I think Petra's a gardener.
1: I love, I that, love that so
0: answer. much. That's so good. Yes, <laughs> she's so a good. gardener. Oh, I love it. Thank you for that. All right, Petra's off screen. I, I, I have no way to to confirm
2: that that's what was in Elliot's mind. I <laughs> what I chose for, for
0: it's our
1: head cannon between the three of us.
0: Yeah just us and caitlin
1: and Kate and caitlin and caitlin, and caitlin, yeah. and caitlin. she won't <laughs> tell Elliot either no one will know no one will know <laughs> <laughs> so petra and alder had a, a rather complicated relationship or have as it were uh with the whole like coup attempt and everything so what what were petra's feelings towards alder like growing up and how did her upbringing influence her view of alder
2: well just doing the math of it all minerva would have served under alder mhm yeah right and and back uh, at least another possibly one or two generations so um as such y- you would have be i mean petra would have been completely in awe of alder uh and then yet still in infused with Minerva's knowledge of Alder, which she's using to propel Petra towards her climb. So I think it would have been a, um, a complicated messaging because I don't doubt that Minerva would have had her challenges and frustrations with Alder, um, but that she would have circumnavigated those issues to be able to still hold the the rank and stature and standing that she does um, while still knowing what Alder's weaknesses are and perhaps guiding Petra to what to look for and what to watch and how to, you know, what the short way around getting things done in an Alder world would be. So I think that there's levels of things, right? You'd hear all the things that your mom admires about her boss, but all the things that she hates about her boss as well. And then you're going to try and go in there and level that up and be a bit more strategic. So, I mean, I think it's you know politics all the way around, um, and yet they're also political on the same side. So, you know, it's yeah. not that you're opening openly wanting to be removed from that environment. Um, and I don't know that you'd have any real belief that you could truly level up because this woman's been around for three hundred years. So, really, where are you going to go? Right. <laughs> so. So, I mean, I think, you know, it's one thing to have your mom saying, you can go even higher, but then like, but really, because she's been here a while. <laughs> she doesn't look like so, she's going anywhere. Right. <laughs> she's got endless petties, <laughs> Which is why it's only a procedural as opposed to a, a tactical or a, or, a, or a coup attempt. It's, it's, all str- it's all knowing the rules and, and maximizing the rules. Um, out of concern for what a breach of the rules is. And I, and I also think that's really important. I, think, I don't think Petra is malevolent. I think Petra's concerned for what risks and threats are apparent if Alder's playing fast and loose with the rules. What, are, what allegiances are they not living up to? What conduct are they, you know, towing up to breaching appropriateness? And, and so I think when one sees that, that starting to slip and slide and be, be transactional, and situational as opposed to a code that's when things feel dangerous to to a soldier like Petra
1: yeah because puppeting the president is probably not the best idea and very much outside of the rules (laughs) (laughs) and
2: that the quiet part is being done outside and out loud repeatedly I think is like Mm
0: -hmm. where
2: where are you in your judgment where are you in your you would who I grew up under would never have done that, thinks Petra. so therefore, what has happened and what what do we need to be on guard for to protect what Alder's legacy is and what they, and what she's built in terms of a fighting force and character. Exactly. And
0: Yeah, it must have been hard to like, because again, like you mentioned, like Petra has learned about Alder. I mean, everybody learns about Alder, but from Minerva too, and like had an expectation going into the Mm -hmm. army and then worked with Alder for a while. And then Alder just started like behaving very, very differently. That must have been jarring to be like, what is going on? Um, This isn't the Alder I knew and heard about and yeah, so. And remembering that Petra's experience of it is from inside. You know, we, right.
2: we watching the show sort of see all the moving pieces, but she's just experiencing this slow disintegration of the, yes. the code. And so I think it would have been alarming and concerning and, and feel like a threat. And, and knowing that there's sort of other existential threats that they're not quite getting a handle on till, you know, till the end of season two in terms of who the Camarilla are and what they're all about um would make one wonder how far have they infiltrated
0: have they gotten to her
1: absolutely yeah. i didn't
0: yeah. think about that yeah that's
1: that's, that's a nightmare well thank you
0: <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> right now i'm scared uh, <laughs> um all right so so um very recently we had the Wonderful pleasure to talk to um, Bob and Arlen about their characters on Motherland. And we asked them kind of like how they get into into their characters. And Bob shared with us his like favorite story that he loves to say. Um, Hello, Clarice from like Hannibal Lecter. And then he's like, I'm Albert." after I say that, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. But um, we're wondering, how, how do you become Petra Bellwether? Is there like any kind of like routine you do or mindset you get into or media you use to like become the general? The uniform is a big part of it. Just the physical oh, transformation, getting
2: mm-hmm. it, and you stand a little taller, and you walk a little straighter, and you, your shoulders adopted a bit of a different bearing, and your head's a bit more less less tilty, more straight up and down, and and there's just a, a through line that that uniform that's... physically awakens in one, one way you put it on. Absolutely.
0: I love that. Yeah. It's very similar to Arlen's answer about like, she talked about like the posture to become Nictus. I love that. It's just
2: the general yeah.
0: and the uniform. It's a beautiful uniform. I love the costumes is,
2: on this gosh, show. Gosh, the costuming. they did amazing. And they were so comfortable, but you felt so powerful. So it was this interesting, mm-hmm. you know, you felt like it was your own exoskeleton because you felt powerful in it and protected by it, but you didn't feel constrained or constricted. I mean, we joked about, you know, it's pretty much a, a spanks free zone here, you know. <laughs> in this world, we have evolved. So, you know, you just felt, yeah, good. They are really good. That's so really great.
1: interesting I to hear that. that they were that comfortable. Yeah. Let me tell you, I was in ROTC and the uniforms were not comfortable. <laughs>
2: no, Tracy Bolton and her crew did an amazing job. I think we looked cool and we felt cool and we felt that our range of motion was was you know like we just there were so many small details that were infused into the creation of this look in this world that were just you know you were grateful for it every any given time
1: that's amazing that is Mm -hmm. amazing yeah all right so how do you hope the audience sees petra's evolution from season one to season three
2: that when we know better we do better and that we can be solid in our knowledge but have to be flexible in our intake of
0: new information
1: those are just words of wisdom for life in general. Honestly, I was just <laughs> thinking that like, I'm going to remember that forever. Yeah, like I need this like on <laughs> something to remind me.
2: <laughs> I would, when we know better, we do better. I don't know if it's Maya Angelou, like I can't claim it as my own, um, but it but I but it was very much the the framework through which I, you know, my exploration of Petra came. So that also allowed her to not be hypocritical or, you know, or wishy-washy. She just kept trying to make the next right decision based on the next information she had. But it also meant that she had to evolve where she received information from. And so, you know, expanding her channels, expanding her her intelligence gathering, expanding who she trusted um, and how and why um, became became part of that flexibility as opposed to the rigid established channels so so that first part of it I think is Maya Angelou in this or Gloria Steinem I can't remember um but the second part um the second part was just sort of where that evolved to for for my interpretation for Petra
1: yeah we're just gonna do t-shirts this is not an interview (laughs) this is just work yeah no we're just
0: throwing that out there (laughs) it's so good um so kind of before we like wrap up and get into like a couple more questions. We just kind of want to kind of wondered from your point of view with working on motherland and like portraying Petra, if there's, you had like one important takeaway from like time spent on the show or like embodying this type of role, like what was your main takeaway from it? Uh, the power of women's voices,
2: you know, um, symbolically, you know, that is how their powers were expressed uh yes. we if i don't know if it, you know some people catch on to this and some people don't but we we never refer to magic we, it's always referred to as the work and i feel like again that extension of the allegorical nature of this show for these times the work to be done is about the the power and strength and clarity of women's voices addressing head on the things that are clear and present dangers and so um I think bringing clarity to how I use my voice and being intentional and, and owning the power of it, you know, it's, it's, it's only powerful if used. So therefore to be silent in the face of things that need to be spoken on Mm -hmm. is, is a luxury. And uh, I don't know that that is of the highest service to, to the world if one luxuriates as opposed to activates.
1: Yeah, we definitely need those voices more than ever right now.
0: Right. So timely and poignant and beautifully said. <laughs> yes. That is it's a wonderful absolutely. takeaway. Thank you Thank for sharing you. that.
1: Yes. Um, so, you know, we have like a couple of kind of fun questions, I guess. So, in the next episode that airs tonight, we've already had a little sneak peek of Rayle and Scylla, looking for a boat to steal <laughs> so the question is out of the fugitives who do you think would sink the boat who do i think would sink the boat yes who's go- who would sink the boat
2: <laughs> so i'm putting i'm putting the 3 plus adil and kalida plus zilla on a boat six of them on a boat yeah as well
1: yeah, we'll put Nick, yeah, Nick in is there. Too.
0: Yeah, who's sinking the boat?
1: <laughs> or how do you think it would go down if it was like a chain of events? Those are two different questions. i <laughs> I'm trying to think who would think it. Oh,
0: is it on? Man. It's an. Is this on purpose or an accident that they're sinking this boat?
1: Uh, does it matter? <laughs>
2: Uh, this is a tough one because i know i know i'll hear about it because there are so many
1: <laughs> i'll put it this way so we we did the qfx convention and i got to ask a question of like the whole cast panel and it was who would wreck the bus and everyone said Raelle except for taylor and then when everyone was like Raelle like come on and she's like okay fine <laughs> So, my instinct was kind of there,
2: followed
0: by. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fair, yeah. Because I think- it's fair. Crashing in the boat.
2: Because I think,
0: yeah, I'm at yeah. I, I'm
2: kind of a split between them, but maybe I'm even a little like the tally of it all, trying to do something. And it's right, you. Not saying- wrong.
0: So close, Tal. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of. Because she's kind of a rush into the breach headlong kind of gal, right? Yes. So, yeah. Like, so it's not even from ineptitude; it may just be ill-timed enthusiasm that I could yes. see
1: happen. See, I think it's a combo of like, I think it's a combo of Tally and Rail, honestly. And then Abigail's mad at them, and yes. while they're sick, it's just got this funny image in my head of, of Abigail just like really. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I could see if, if Tally starts the boat sinking, I could see Abigail just accelerating it to getting it over with, you know? So like Tally makes a little hole and Abigail, you think that's a hole? Here's a hole. Now let's get it. <laughs> so I think, you
0: know, I think
2: I could see these combo efforts happening to say.
1: So. Absolutely.
0: I love that. Um, Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much for You're entertaining welcome. that question. <laughs> um, and And here's the other one so we in the trailer we get to see a little sneak peek of of a wedding a double wedding with rayla and um adil and abigail but <laughs> i'm just gonna Rayle doesn't have any pants on so <laughs> this is Caitlin's this caitlin really wanted to know what petra would f- how petra would feel about someone not wearing pants at her daughter's wedding <laughs>
2: Yeah. I think we've discussed the big avenues that Petra's experienced. Ever- <laughs> <laughs> Petra just Petra, Petra wants to be in her garden, you know, with, with all of the things that bring her peace and joy. nobody, nobody going to mess with Petra's peace on her daughter's wedding
1: day. No. That is absolutely fair.
0: I love it. I love that answer, yes. She needs time in the garden <laughs> after she sees the outfit. Yeah,
1: I just not- imagine poor Petra play, like having a hand in this wedding and watching it go down. I don't know. It just... The, the yeah, chaos gotta, could be real. Now,
2: before we paint Petra into a box, we got to remember, too, that this is a woman who has three husbands. So, you know... That's Petra, accurate. Petra, you know, she may, does. in fact, have a much more... Um, creative viewpoint on things than people give her credit for. Just that is very like, true. Yes.
1: yes. Okay. All right. It's just like, so we're doing a. It's like, it's a civilian wedding <laughs> instead of a, a military wedding. So it's a little bit looser.
0: There we go. We'll just found our set. Petra, Petra in the garden. Petra in the garden. I love that.
1: That's going to happen. I'm totally going to make a Petra in the garden edit. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to have a hat, some gardening right. gloves. Oh, oh, flower gloves. Glo- right. Yes. We all went right
2: to the gloves. <laughs> yes. exactly. So
1: she
2: <laughs> not, she's not going to get her manicure messy. No, Never.
1: she's Never. not. Never. Not for the plants. She's too classy Absolutely. for that. She is. All and right. And she
2: Dora. You know, she'll bring her. I mean, so oh, made yeah.
1: that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, once Isadora stops saving is like done saving, saving everyone with a vaccine <laughs> and figuring out why Penelope's in the atmosphere.
0: <laughs> I love her; she gets all the tasks.
1: We have like a whole segment of what is Isadora Just doing? <laughs> Just Isadora? Just her? <laughs> <laughs> She's it's yeah.
0: like parallel timeline
2: of Isadora's and literally exactly. Everything else is happening.
1: Here, Isadora, you're the necro queen. Invent a vaccine. (laughs) Go into infectious disease.
0: (laughs) already got one. (laughs) What? Game on, says Isadora. Game on, yeah, exactly. That's her motto.
1: All right, so we're going to wrap up, and we just want to know if you have any uh, final words for the fans and, you know, like anybody that's out there. Uh, Final words from Catherine and Petra.
2: Thank you. Thank you for what has been one of the best experiences of my life, much less my career. Thank you for your love and your support and your commitment to creating a space where our stories are well-received, for making us feel like a part of your world as you appreciate the one we're joining forces to make. Um, it, it It is seen, we see it, we feel it, we appreciate it. Um, and we send our love back to you because, um, that is kind of the point of all this, right? Like forming community mm-hmm. where we support each other and love each other and appreciate each other. And, and uh, we may have started the ball rolling, but uh, the Motherland Fort Salem fandom has really typified what that looks like to work together and, and to rally together and to speak in support of something you believe in. And so just, just gratitude and appreciation and love.
1: Well, right back at you, and we're not yeah. done. Yeah. No, thank you so much. And we so hope you
0: like this. it. We hope you like season two.
1: We, we, really we love it. We, we already like love you. it. We're one episode in. We love it. <laughs> one, episode we love it. Right. one episode in, and we're here for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: Awesome.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much. For- All right.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so mm. much for making time to talk to us. We hope we can talk to you again, maybe when the season's over. Yeah. Um, And thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us the. Yes, because we're going to
1: need to follow up on this whole wedding thing and the boat sinking.
0: (laughs) I
2: would love it. I would love it. I would love it. I don't think there's any Petra giving pantsless side eye, but um, now you've got me worried.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you know if I see anything. (laughs) Yeah, I'm totally.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. sure. You'll see it before we do.
2: but right. that's been a delightful aspect of it too just the fun people have sort of interpreting oh, yeah and interpreting and the mashups and the filters some of those filters are not flattering though i will <laughs> say oh yeah i'm um, sorry well, we <laughs> will
1: we are we will always be flattering to petra on Thank our you. on our end so all right no well, fears I- there
2: I'm so grateful to have had this time with you and I would love to come back and talk to you hear how you find the end, how it lands on you. So yes, feel free to reach out anytime. And again, thank you for amplifying the reach of the show and creating space for people to hear some more about what, how we felt making it because it, it was really a joy and a pleasure to be a storytelling service.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out.
1: Yes, and please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout-out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter, at Big Gay Energy Pod. Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod. Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod. Or you can email us at Pod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.